0: Want to be the first to know when new forces for nature episodes come out, sign up for the newsletter on our website, www.forcesfornature.com. You can find the sign-up link at the bottom of the webpage or in the about section. When you do, you'll also receive a free checklist of easy practical actions for nature that you can start taking today. I can't wait to connect with you. I'm Crystal DiMicelli, and welcome to the Forces for Nature show. Do you find yourself overwhelmed with all the doom and gloom you hear of these days? Do you feel like you, as just one person, can't really make a difference? Forces for Nature cuts through that negativity. In each episode, I interview somebody who is doing great things for animals and the environment. We talk about the challenge they're addressing, the solution they have found, what keeps them going, and we'll leave you with practical action tips so that you too can become a force for nature. Today's guest is Grant Brown. He's the founder of the website and newsletter, Happy Eco News, which personally helps me to start my week off on a good note. He left a successful corporate job after a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip made him realize that, despite there being so much environmental devastation in the places he had been to, there were so many individuals doing their part to make positive change. He wanted to give them a platform to help them to share their stories and successes. And it has actually even changed some people's lives. Hi Grant, thank you so much for joining me today on Forces for Nature. It's so great to have you.
1: Thank you, Crystal. It's very nice to be here and thank you for having me.
0: So I'm excited to chat with you today because of your background and also then what you're doing now. Let's start off with, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. So my name is Grant. I'm a Canadian citizen, originally from the Vancouver area. I'm a, I guess you could say a reformed tech entrepreneur, retired a couple of years ago, actually in the middle of COVID. So I'm probably one of the great resignation, I guess you could say. Have traveled all over the world, have lived in a variety of different places, had a ton of wonderful experiences, you know, done done so much with my life up until this point that was all corporate. And in, I think it was 2021, I'm losing track of the time already. It's part of what they call early retirement. I, I left a really lucrative job and decided to, I guess I decided to just try and do right in the world as opposed to contributing to some of the problems that I could see in front of me. And uh, so that brings us to today, where I am now the founder of Happy Eco News.
0: Well, I do want to just touch upon what you used to do, which was actually quite helpful in in what we're working on today. You were in clean technology, right?
1: That's right. Yeah. In 2009, we started a company called Corvus Energy. And Corvus Energy built very large lithium ion batteries that were used to hybridize and electrify heavy industrial equipment, primarily in the maritime sector. So we were responsible for building some of the first electric vessels, commercial vessels in the world. And um, we did some really neat stuff. We worked with a couple of really interesting American companies that were building on-road vehicles. So we did the Walmart Super Truck that pr- President Obama unveiled. We did a couple of other really interesting on-road vehicles. We've done the first hybrid tugboats, the first full electric tugboats, first hybrid ferries, first full electric ferries, and uh, a lot of that was American. But you know they didn't have the same pressure for from government to reduce emissions as did the Europeans. So we quickly found that Europeans, and primarily in Northern Europe, were really focused on reducing emissions in that sector. So our products found a home, a lot of them in Norway, Scandinavia generally, and into UK, Germany, and Holland, or the Netherlands rather, um, and, and so many other European places that were oriented around port and maritime traffic. We did Lunar Rover. We've done, I mean, we did so many really cool things that I'm, I'm super proud of the fact that as the, I was the head of marketing for the company. And so I, I, I just had this long list of industry firsts that we were a part of. You know, I, it, it's been an amazing wild ride and it was all for the betterment of the planet. And, and you know, bring it back to what you what you're asking me, I can be really proud of the changes that were made as a result of my efforts and the efforts of the rest of the team at, at my company. And, you know, we went I went from Corvus and then we started another one and then now another one. So, you know, I've been involved in three of these technology startups that are all doing great things. And the, the interesting thing about that business is not that, I mean, it's interesting that we did these hybrid vehicles, right? I mean, it's the amount of carbon that has been reduced out of the atmosphere as a result of our efforts is it's really significant and we started a an industry so i as the marketing guy got to define an industry that's now multi-billion dollars and it was me like when we needed a glossary i just started making stuff up <laughs> and now <laughs> literally you know,
0: define like how what things mean
1: <laughs> yeah like google had our definitions glossary as their reference and you know that was pretty amazing you know at the time i just kind of went oh okay whatever right and on we go but looking back it's it's pretty cool but the other interesting thing about that is that our technology was really effective in two ways it not only reduced emissions which is why i was so you know so happy to be a part of it but it also reduced the cost and so when a ship owner is looking at you know an annual budget of say $4 million a year, just for example, of fuel. So just fuel, it's non-fixed. So they, they don't know, they have to buy futures. They're buying oil futures or fuel futures 10 years out sometimes, these big contracts. But it's non-fixed. And so it can fluctuate rapidly if the, if the company's small. It can be a huge part of their operating expenditure. But what we did was we, in some case, reduced that to zero. So in Norway, for example, they have so much hydroelectricity that they were giving it to the ferry companies for free. So they went from having a polluting, fuel-based, a fluctuating cost that was reduced to zero if they could store the energy from the government and from these hydroelectric projects, store it overnight, use it during the day, store it overnight, use it during the day, their their fuel costs went to zero. So we had a lineup of companies wanting to work with us. Now, contrast that to some of the other technologies that are intended to reduce emissions. They would basically have to practically beg. They would have to rely on subsidies and grants and all kinds of other sort of schemes to make it economically viable, whereas our stuff, it just worked and it just paid for itself. So you can imagine a company going from a $4 million spend to zero. And you know, of course, not zero, there's certain maintenance costs and all of those things, but in comparison it was it was dramatic and so you know we had companies that were spending a million dollars with us and before the first vessel was even a month old they were lining up and signing contracts for three more so you know it was it was a wild ride and we actually had that hockey stick growth that tech companies dream about and of course, me being naive and not really knowing, I, I mean, I came from the action sports industry. I was the guy that used to huck myself off cliffs for fun off on a pair of skis uh, or mountain bike or whatever. But you know, I came from that to this and I enjoy, always was environmentally aware, but I had no idea that that was something that was really exceptional. And looking back, I'm very, very grateful and, and proud of the experience.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's such a cool story. And to know that it's This company you said started in 2009, right?
1: 2009, yeah.
0: I feel like we, in general, people aren't hearing that, like maybe just now, in the last couple of years, people are hearing about, uh, you know, all of these electric companies and electric mandates and and what have you. I don't think many people know that this kind of stuff has been around and has been succeeding the way it has been. For the past 10 plus years. And that kind of brings us to brings us to where you are today. In like, you are helping tell people these things you're helping to spread the good news stories and try to shadow out all of the bad that we tend to hear so often. <sighs>
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the genesis of Happy Eco News. So basically, Happy Eco News exists for two purposes. And the first one is to help people understand that there is good stuff happening in the world. I have two young adults as children now, and they're Gen Z, and they are often overwhelmed with the negative news, and rightfully so, right? They've been handed a pretty pretty bad deck to start playing with. And um, the reasons for that rest squarely on previous generations. And so I always wanted to be part of the solution, not the problem. And I wanted to leave a legacy that was positive rather than negative. And I wanted to be on the right side of history. So I want to help my kids understand that there's hope for the future and that, but inspire them to not give up, to take action. The second part of that is that I could also see that there were a lot of people doing good things in the world, working tirelessly. You know, people all over the world that just don't give up, right? They just keep going. They're in their parks, in the rivers, picking up trash. They're restoring wetlands. They're, they're doing all these wonderful things and they don't get a lot of Coverage, I guess you could say. So my my thoughts were okay, so first I can I can spread the word and I can make sure that everybody hears that there are good people doing good things and hopefully inspire them to take action. But then secondly, I wanted to help the people that were actually doing the good work because they deserve it. They deserve it more than a multi-billionaire that is doing performative activism. You know, like honestly. With the billionaires in the world today, and it's, you know, it's outrageous how much money is in this top sort of 0.01%. But they could just write a check and they could make all this stuff go away, right? I mean, that, that is a fact. But they don't. They, they get all of the press when they drop the equivalent of what it would cost to buy a candy bar on an environmental project. They get press coming out everywhere. So I wanted to try and counteract that with, okay, the people that are really doing the hard work, let's get them on the front page in some way. And so I started Happy Eco News. And that's a story in itself, how I actually came to, came to start that. And if, if, if you'll share watch it. me, I, I would talk for hours. but Please do share it. <laughs> okay so, in, so I'm very fortunate and I, I'm very grateful for having the experiences that I've had. I'm not a highly educated person. I got this wonderful opportunity with this company, and I started working, traveling around the world, and educated myself on the fact that there are other cultures and other ways of living other than what I grew up in. And I grew up in Vancouver, Canada. It's a relatively affluent existence, you know. It, not that I was born with a silver spoon, but you know, when you compare it to how other people live, we had it pretty darn good. I was raising my kids in the same way. My wife is a also a business person, and so she had done quite well. And we had decided that our kids needed a little bit of a wake-up call. And so, you know, I think it came from I, one of the two just almost demanding that they get the new iPhone. Like, it was everybody had one at school, so therefore they had to. And if they didn't, they weren't, like, they were not going to be part of the in crowd, and it's like this peak consumerism that I knew was really not good. so what i what we did was we decided to take them out of school for a year and travel and oh, was that's, that's <laughs> magical no we didn't we didn't we're not traveling like club med. We're not traveling yeah. at five star resorts. We were living mm-hmm. in the communities where the people lived. So we rented our house out and for the the cost of the rental, that was what we had to live on. And I was working. So I was luckily I was able to work remotely. My wife had left her job so she could help educate the kids. So okay. they weren't really missing much. They were Although homeschooled.
0: If you, but if you ask home my daughter at age
1: 14, she was like, we were practically doing the worst thing we could possibly do to her. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Like you say it to me, and it sounds like the best year ever. <laughs> but yeah. as a 14 year old, I yeah, I would push old, back to
1: she was very involved with her 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 community. So, we anyway, we pulled them out of school and we went and lived in places like Cambodia, Bali, Malaysia, South Africa, you know, all through Europe and and living in the communities where we wanted to see the sites and everything. So, the first inflection point for me came in Cambodia and I was sitting there in a tuk-tuk, crossing this r- ravine on my way to the hotel, and I saw this what I would look to me like a garbage dump, and it was basically just waste from the community dumped in this massive pile in the in a ravine. And it was monsoon season, so you know, a couple of days later, we went back the same way. I think we we're going to a restaurant or something, and it was all gone. It had all been flushed out into the local rivers through the wetland where it probably got hung up a lot of it and then out to the Mekong River, then out to the South China Sea. And in its place was this beautiful little ravine with a small stream. There were egrets and other wild birds standing fishing in the place where a day earlier it had been, you know, I mean, 10, 15 feet deep with waste plastic. So it was really an eye opener, and and I took pictures of it. I I could probably send them to you. But then we went on to Bali, and Bali was the sort of we had been looking forward to. Bali. We were about halfway through our trip, and we were looking forward to Changu Beach, where we were going to go surfing. It was one of the most famous surf breaks in the world. Had been popularized, I think, in the early '70s as sort of this pristine, amazing surf beach. So we flew in in the evening in a rainstorm, got to our accommodations, woke up, grabbed a coffee, walked down to the beach, glimpsing the sparkling ocean through the palm trees as we get closer, walk through the trail and walk out. Beautiful beach, perfect surf, and the beach was absolutely covered in plastic. And I'm not, when I say covered, I'm not kidding in the fact that it was, I mean, you couldn't find a square foot. He couldn't find a square foot of sand that didn't have a piece of plastic on it in some way. And it was extremely disheartening. I have a picture of my son. I've talked about this in the past. I've written about it. But I have a picture of my son getting up on his surfboard, standing up for the first time in in Bali. And he's got a big piece of plastic film draped over his leg. And then we all got rashes from the water. So, I mean, I don't know what that was about. But it was pretty harsh. So, you know, what a letdown, right? But... More to that, it was just about the sheer devastation that some areas of the world are experiencing from plastic waste. And it has become, you know, a, a, an existential problem for the world because this plastic is breaking down. And it's, you know, we, I can go into all the negatives, right? I and mean, we all know that. I don't need to do that. So I, at that moment, decided, okay, I have to stop, right? Because, you know, Donald Trump had been elected. He was rolling back all of the environmental protections. He was extracting the U.S. out of uh, the climate accords. You know, all this stuff was happening. And yet he and all of those billionaires were getting the the press, right? None of the activists were getting the press. So I thought, okay, you know what? That's it. I'm going to stop. Because I'd been sharing the horror stories on my social feed, right? Like, wake up, people. We have to do something. We can't have people like this in power anymore, on and on and on. I was, you know, it was like screaming into the wind. So I just decided to start sharing the positive stories and it was small, you know, it was just me sharing a story on social media, one story. And then it just kept going. And then I had a couple of people who said, Hey, could you email those to me? And so I started an email list. And then I started a website and Five years later, I've shared close to 10,000 stories. We do have some duplicates, <laughs> but you know we have hundreds of thousands of visitors to the website each month. We have a mailing list that keeps growing. And uh, I get these people on occasion that send me emails that are extremely poignant and heartfelt and thanking me and my team for what we're doing. And, and then, you know, that's that's why we do it it's, it's, I have to keep reminding myself because it's not easy, right? It's all coming out of my pocket right now. And there's, you know, as a businessman, that's not a really sustainable business model, (laughs) but, but it's about helping people and trying to do the right thing and, and helping my kids and their friends and all the people around me that I know that, that are having a tough time right now.
0: Can you tell me about a moment when you said this, this is why I do it.
1: <laughs> yeah there's one that comes to mind and it was last year actually a young woman a school teacher elementary school I think she uh, she she wrote she reached out to me just to send me an email to say thank you for what we do at Happy Eco News and uh, she had uh, she said she had been suicidal and she was actually thinking about ending uh, her life and uh, it was a result of her eco anxiety basically been taken to you know the next level and that was that the logical conclusion was we don't need more people and that every time she did any action at all even her very existence was more hard on the planet than it would be without her Mm -hmm. and so she had seriously she was seriously considering like why would i continue going on and then somehow she stumbled across happy eco news and did a deep dive on all of the stories she said. She spent hours reading it and then hours the next day. And gradually it shifted how she was thinking about herself as somebody who was part of the continued exploitation of the planet towards somebody that could do some positive change and, or make positive change. And she didn't. She actually... Wrote a guest blog for us. I'm not going to say her name because it's, she's written under a pseudonym. But that one individual, as especially as a school teacher, has such a huge potential to change the lives of her students. And you know, she's maybe too young to realize, or she doesn't know, but one teacher can make such a huge difference in so many people's lives. Oh my
0: goodness! That yes. she
1: has a. She has a unique opportunity to, to do good for the planet mm-hmm. and for her students. So thankfully, she has chosen to live and to <laughs> oh. take action. And so my hat's off to her. And I'm very grateful for that because that is exactly why I started it in its most extreme. But it, certainly, that was a proud moment.
0: If that doesn't fuel your work to keep going, I don't know what does. That's so touching. So to wrap up, with all the good news stories that you get to see, what would you tell the listener to do if they want to make change?
1: I would like to encourage people to do is to, if you want to figure out how to take action, if you really want to start making a difference, three things. The first one is to find the others. So actually, the first thing is to find out what you're interested in and identify that. And and that'll be where you want to be. That's your passion. So that's your passion. It's what you know you really get excited about and that you really, really want you're not gonna lose track of. You can't do everything, so pick one. I can speak and I can write. And so that's what I do. Other people can build, other people can do any variety of other things, right? Make movies, they can design, they can podcast, they can do all kinds of things to help, right? And And then find the other people that are also doing that or that want to do that and join them. And then the third thing is then decide what you're going to do together. And then together, you can make a big impact. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing with Happy Canoes. I'm trying to keep people engaged of all ages.
0: Yeah. It's such a great newsletter, email, website, all of the above. And anyone listening, go check out happyeconews.com to to get your daily or weekly dose of something feel good and helpful (laughs) and inspiring just to counteract and counterbalance all the negative you might be hearing out there. Grant, thank you so much for joining me today. You're making a difference.
1: Thank you so much. And you, you know, we all have to work together. And, and like you said, we all do our thing. I can, I can talk, I can write. So I do. You do your thing. Everybody needs to do their thing. Everybody needs to take part.
0: Passion, tribe, purpose. As humans, we all want those things and they're key ingredients to making collective shifts that the world needs. Nature, the environment, animals, people, they, we, all need you. This Earth Day, join us by figuring out what unique gift you can bring to the table and helping to make the world a more humane and healthier place for all. Don't forget to go to forcesfornature.com and sign up to receive emailed show notes, action tips, and a free checklist to help you start taking practical actions today. Do you know someone else who would enjoy this episode? I would be so grateful if you would share it with them. Hit me up on Instagram and Facebook at Becoming Forces for Nature, and let me know what actions you have been taking. Adopting just one habit can be a game changer, because imagine if a million people also adopted that. What difference for the world are you going to make today?